Hey everyone, this is Ryan Wolt. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast presented by the Coast News Group. Welcome to the show today. I'm glad you're here. It's honestly cool to think that people choose to spend part of their day listening to this show. Hopefully, you've got a fine beer or a cocktail nearby. Today's first guest is Jenny Mann. She is a local photographer and social media manager who works with a lot of our favorite breweries, including North Park Beer Company. She has also spent a ton of time in the San Diego beer industry, working at such institutions as Carl Strauss and Ballast Point, where she became a certified Cicerone, and behind the bar at some of my personal favorite places, the unfortunately closed Tiger Tiger and Blind Lady Alehouse. Basically, she's an essential cog in the fabric of San Diego beer. Now she works to support all kinds of brands in and out of the industry through her photography, social media, and videography work. Check out JennyManPhotography.com or at JennyManPhotos, that's man with two N's, to see her photography work. And definitely follow her beer adventures through her at MissBeerCraft Instagram handle. You can find links to all of that in this show's notes. Later on in this Cheers episode, I'll also talk to Shaheen Javadizadeh, who is a founder of Taken a new app that connects eaters directly with their favorite local restaurants to order food, but without taking advantage of those restaurants with high service fees. In fact, they take a 0% commission from each restaurant. You may have seen recent news where San Diego is looking to cap those delivery app commissions at 15%, which is only a need because sometimes they can charge way more than that, making it much harder for your favorite restaurant to break even. So I'm excited there's an alternative in the space like Taken. Before we get to today's show, I want to thank the awesome Cheers podcast sponsor, Casa de Bandini, at the Forum in Carlsbad. Casa de Bandini makes excellent Mexican food that you should have in your belly. Here at the Cheers headquarters, we ordered fajitas for pickup last weekend, and they were excellent. Go to casadebandini.com to see their full menu, which is available for pickup, delivery, and on-site dining. And if you want to win a $50 gift card to the restaurant, just follow at Coast News and at Casa de Bandini on Instagram, and then like, share, and tag your friends as soon as you see that giveaway post in your feed. And follow at Cheers North County while you're at it. And now, be sure to pick up that beer or cocktail, because it's time for the show. I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking, but first I'm going to say welcome to the Cheers North County podcast because that's in my contract. I have to say that. I like it. Uh, second, I am drinking a Society Brewing light beer, and I am I am following up a Society Brewing Coachman, which I had just before this. How about yourself? Um, first and foremost, that light beer I finally had over at Fathom Bait and Bistro, and it was the perfect after hiking beer. So um, I went around and tromped around Mission Trails for a bit with my dog and drank a few of those. And it was the most amazing beer. <laughs> it was quite, quite yeah. perfect, to be honest. Right now I'm drinking Eagle Rock Brewery, uh, the American Pale Ale. It reminds me of an old school uh, pale ale. It has that wonderful grapefruity bitterness to it. And um, after that, it looks like I'm having an Ale Smith Cloud Stream Hazy IPA. I like it. I love Eagle Rock. I used to live right over by there. Oh, by Ale Smith? We, no, we lived in Altadena by Eagle Rock. Um, so we used to go to Eagle Rock Brewing when they first opened up. That was kind of our first introduction to California craft beer. So your name is Jenny Mann. Yes. Jenny Mann or Jen Mann? Do you have a preference? 
So it's funny how, like, as you get older, your name kind of goes back and forth between Jen, Jennifer, Jenny. Jennifer is only by my father in the bank, by the way. My name is Jenny Mann. Um, I do photography and uh, I've worked in the beer industry for a very long time. So can you tell me just a little bit about your background? One, how did you get into photography? And then how did you get into beer? And then we can get to how those two things kind of merge together after that. So originally, uh, gosh, when I was a teenager, I was part of like the journalistic team in high school. And I was walking around with the camera constantly. My dad did photos. He completely inspired me. But as I got older, um, I would take still, I would still take photos. I would um, take, gosh, you know, do the whole family photos, take pictures of my friends' babies and dogs. But <laughs> for the past like 20 years, I pretty much have done photography, but it's only been part-time. So in my 20s, I picked up homebrewing. And I just remember going to the Bouse Point Homebrew Mart and nibbling on all the grains, trying to decide what beer I wanted to create. And it kind of, everything just kind of, it's funny looking back now, how everything has just kind of pulled itself together. But I was a home brewer for a long time. And I was in a position where I had to find a job. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, like I was in a weird life position. And I decided to uh, get out there and I got a job at Carl Strauss. After Carl Strauss was Tiger Tiger, Blind Lady L House. I worked at Ballast Point. It was kind of the dream job just because I had the opportunity to work at the homebrew mart. So again, coming full circle, I got to teach a homebrew class. And then worked at the Little Italy and then finally managed Miramar. So um, I became Ballast Point's first certified Cicerone. And beer education is really important to me in general. Uh, all throughout, still every once in a while taking photos, but never making the full-blown career out of it. And this is when Instagram started kind of picking up a little bit. So I started using Instagram specifically for documenting the beers that I was drinking and to just kind of educate myself and others. So every time I would learn something new with the Cicerone program, I would pretty much document that. Yeah, it was a, uh, it's funny how it's all kind of coming together. Cause now after leaving the beer uh, scene, I am still in it. <laughs> I still get to teach and talk about beer and food mm -hmm. pairings, but I get to photograph it and people trust me to do that because I do have a beer background and I know what the beer should look like or how it should be represented. How many times do you see a beer photograph where the glass has like got water spots on it and it just drives you crazy? <laughs> you know, little stuff like that, or that's one that I always notice or like a label listed weird. Yeah, there's, there's moments where you see not a beer clean glass and you see those little tiny bubbles <laughs> along the edges or uh, watermarks or Maybe this particular beer style should have like a full head on it or, and it looks just flat. You know, there's a, there's a lot of fun little things. You're just like, oh, it's kind of cringe worthy, but I don't want to sound too snobbish, <laughs> but I definitely know what a beer should look like. <laughs> Knowing what a beer should look like and what it should taste doesn't take away from appreciating a beer that is a craft beer or a beer that's a Paps Blue Ribbon if you're at a concert in a field somewhere. I mean, there's, there's a beer for every occasion. And we're just lucky enough to live in a time and a place where uh, we have really good beers for all of those occasions. And, and maybe not everyone does. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Now that you are not officially, say, working for a brewery uh, as like the, you know, as, like you were with Ballast Point, for example, and you are doing this full time, what is it exactly that you are doing now? Is it just photographing people's beers for them and they pay you for that? Is it, I mean, what is the what's the sales pitch? How do you how are you still out there? So funny enough, just working in this community, coming from places like Tiger Tiger, where it was beer and food, 
Uh, Ballast Point, same thing. There's all these wonderful connections. So every person you meet, and I tr- I'm a true believer in this, every single person you meet, whether they sit down at your table or you pour them a beer, you end up making a connection with them. And then somehow, because of how small this community is, they pop up later again in your life. It has never failed whatsoever. And what's really awesome is I can honestly say that, yes, I photograph beer and I do some brewery work, but it's mostly commercial and product photography. It just so happens to be that a lot of them currently is in that genre. I also photograph guitars. I photograph product. I've done CBD oil. I've done jewelry. I've done merchandise for other companies. So there's so many different levels of what I do, but it always ties together into usually hospitality and right back into the beer scene again. Well, that's awesome. So I owned a photography company for like seven or eight years, and I never really quite figured out how to take it beyond that kind of that first level where it was I was doing the events and I was doing the stuff, but I never really felt like I could commit to it and give up my other income. And so anyone who takes that leap, I mean, in any sort of small business, I I certainly respect and appreciate. How did COVID affect you? I mean, obviously, being a photographer, um, you can do things by yourself often enough, I would hope. But also with hospitality, it's such an in-person, you know, based business. You know, how did you manage and and what did you do to get by? Or or was it was it even better? I don't know. Some coffee shops that I've spoken to have actually done better during the last year, but only because people needed that thing that made them feel like they were real people. Yes. This was kind of a big one because COVID did wreak a little havoc on me in the beginning as a lot of people kind of, well, for every reason possible, were panicking about their financial situation. So of course, marketing, um, social media, a lot of that stuff was kind of first to go. So my income got cut, kind of cut in half. So I needed to find a way to help people and help myself at the same time. So I not only do uh, photography, but I also do social media management. And what's kind of cool about this is that doing product photography, I'm able to have people ship or drop things off and I can work on it in my home studio. And then from there, I'm also able to uh, create lifestyle imagery for people's social media. So the people that were still utilizing their social media and their uh, to market to let people know what their hours are as most restaurants and companies did not um, update their Google hours or if they dropped their social media person they weren't keeping up with the hours as it was constantly changing because of COVID all the different rules that were being you know thrown out there so I was fortunate enough to have a few accounts that just held on to me the entire time and we just kept updating all this information I was able to do that from home. And then whenever they would need shots done, I could still go to their facility. They wouldn't be in the area and I can shoot whatever needs to be shot. And it was, it worked out very, very well. Um, I was, I can't even tell you how grateful I am that I was able to be there. They held on to me, but at the same time, I had to come up with a clever way to help all of my favorite small businesses. So I offered my services at a uh, at a almost cut in half rate just to get extra business for myself, but to help them out as well. And that seemed to work out really well during that time. And I think that those kind of things don't go unnoticed. So people are appreciative and they, they see that I'm incredibly passionate about customer service and hospitality. And I really, really believe that whatever you throw out there, it's going to come back to you, especially during such a wild time in our lives. That was the main, main thing for me that I wanted to do was take care of my community. Oh, that's very cool. 
I think it's really interesting to what you just said about people not updating their Google hours or maybe even their website hours and reverting to using social media to convey details about the day to day, because I, I, I spent a lot of time looking through social feeds, just like, OK, who's open, who's not, who should I be supporting? Not just from like an hour standpoint, but because of how they were responding to the moment as well. And and more than ever, that social feed became like a barometer for how you felt about a business or how they felt about their community or how they decided to respond. And and regardless of your of of my personal feelings or their personal feelings, like it impacted who I was shopping with, you know, based on what I was thinking about the moment. And so I thought that was really a inflection point where we could see how valuable some of these these things that you're doing are like there are restaurants that I had never been to that I would now like make a point to go to because of the way they handled COVID or there's a few places uh, that I had stopped going to breweries in particular because of customer service issues that they'd had in the past but I was so impressed with how they responded to COVID that and how they communicated to me through their social media that now I do so when you're not on the internet, when you're not doing photographs, when you're not drinking beer, how are you chilling out? How are you surviving? What are you doing for yourself? Well, it sounds kind of funny because I actually heard, I was listening to something uh, today and one of the big points was don't let people dictate how you balance your life essentially. Like if this is how, if you love your job so much, like I genuinely love what I do. And even when I'm working, I'm sitting there like, I should be doing this. I should be doing this thing called balance, like whatever that is. But for for me, it's just making time for myself and my family. You know, on the weekends, I try really hard not to do a lot of work on the weekends. But fortunately, I I still, I mean, I still do. I I can't help it. I love it. But it's usually hiking. It's getting outside and I have to connect. I have to be outside. And so even just recently, I even made like a big move and I moved out to the country just so I could just be away and still have like my space and have this huge surrounding of these beautiful trees and I have animals running through my yard. And it's, it's the most amazing thing, but I definitely need to have that in order to keep my balance. You make it sound, when you say you moved out to the country, like to me, that's, it sounds like you're like in the Midwest, I'd say out to the country and it's like farmland, but here the country is the desert and it's terrifying. (laughs) Well, I was actually looking at places, even as far as Mount Laguna, I was looking at like Alpine, uh, Descanso, Julian, uh, Hamul. Like I'm just looking at all these areas. And as long as I could see like there's horses down the way from me, I can have goats and chickens. Like there's just this wonderful space. There's a deer that run through my yard, wild turkeys, bobcats. So for me, like just the fact that I'm here, like I said, that's my that's my big balance. So I could be literally working and just look outside and go, oh, look at that, you know. Um, so that helps, but I have to get outside my, my usual haunts are like mission trails and iron mountain, you know, Poway, like Poway hiking around that area. But yeah, I just have to make sure I take that time to spend two, three hours, you know, outside. So I know you've been working with a hospitality relief group called in the weeds that was set up by, I believe Shannon at burning beard originally. I'm wondering if you could just uh, give me a little background on that and what you're doing with them and why it's it's an important thing for people to support. So In the Weeds came about from a group text message and Shannon said, I got an idea. And right when Shannon said that, I mean, I mean, who knows what the idea is going to be, but when she says, I got an idea, then I mean, all ears. So she had this idea and 
I couldn't help but be part of it. Like right when she had the idea, we started elaborating on it all throughout the group text and just kind of pushing it and trying to, well, what about this? What about this? Well, in the end, what it came down to was a lot of our friends and in the hospitality industry, in the, in the San Diego beer community, a lot of people lost their jobs. They lost hours. They lost benefits. And the only thing we could think of is how do you help people? It's usually with food. I know that whenever somebody's, you know, something something sad happens, something glad happens. I mean, everyone usually celebrates or they bring you food if something, you know, bad happens. So um, what we decided to do was to put some relief on people and create these little pantries around San Diego that people can just stop in, no questions asked with a bag and fill their bag up and they can come in once, twice a week. But this is enough where they can save money so they can pay their phone bill. They can pay something else because I mean, groceries can be 80, 100 bucks a week, not a problem. And that's just for a couple people even. Um, Not to mention if you have a family that you're trying to provide for. So we encourage people to either stop by uh, Burning Beard, which is where it all started, uh, we have another one in Dos Desperados, uh, that location up in San Marcos. And then we have Five Suits in Vista and Abnormal Beer Company, where the Cork and Craft is in Rancho Bernardo. And last but not least, who else do we have? Oh, Thorn Brewing. Thorn Brewing is actually delivering everything, which we're incredibly grateful for. So if you can't make it out or if you have a friend that needs help, you can always contact Thorn and they will pick up groceries and then drop it off at a friend's house. You can pick up stuff for yourself or for someone else. Toiletries are also available along with uh, gift cards. So if you stop by the Burning Beard location, um, if you need stuff for uh, from the pharmacy, if you need your medications, we do have gift cards for things like that or even for dog food, something as basic as that. So yeah, this whole idea just kind of came about just through text message and then you just kind of watched it grow and watch it come to life essentially. So our big event was with Valley Farm Mar- Valley Farm Markets and they were incredibly generous and donated 250 chicken dinners and that was amazing to see so many people get help especially during the holidays when everyone's really strapped for cash. So we decided to kind of keep it going and uh we have each location still doing their thing and we're always looking for people that, you know, want to help in any way, whether it's resources, giving advice. We've had Ask Me Anything uh, events on the Facebook group page with uh, somebody who does taxes for a living, somebody who is a counselor for a living. It's been amazing to see the community pull together. And anyone who is on the Facebook group page has also been able to add information. Things like uh, like hot meals, jobs, trying to find a job, job opportunities. It's been very cool to see the community come together as it has. It is driven by hospitality people, and it, it initially was targeting hospitality people, but we're not, you're not turning people away if they show up and need food. It's just it's, a, it's people helping people in their community, which I think is a really neat thing. I want to get to just briefly Take In, which is another uh, company that you're working with. You seem to be everywhere right now. <laughs> and I'm going to be talking to the team from Take In in a few days, but can you tell me just real quick what it is? And again, I know it's, it's hospitality related, but you know, what's your role with, with those, with those guys? Well, I, first and foremost, again, it's hospitality, which has my heart. It's an industry that has really taken a beating over this last year. And when I was approached by them this July of 2020, I couldn't help but say yes. So I do their social media photography and just kind of reach out to people since, uh, have been working in the industry for so long and have made so many friends within it. 
So Taken is a delivery and pickup app that was developed right here in San Diego. So it's local business supporting local business, which is what I absolutely love. It is a delivery and pickup app that charges zero commission fees, which is what everyone's talking about right now. And in order for a lot of restaurants to survive, they have to actually up their prices 30, 40% to even bring back some of the money, even sometimes 60%. So your favorite burrito, it's going to be instead of $8, it's going to be $12. And then on top of that, they charge delivery fees and everything else, commissions. Uh, with Taken, the restaurants get 100% of their tab, their tax, and the tips. So their tips actually go to the restaurant. And not only on top of that, it's going to be the consumer. So the customer is going to be paying for the delivery. And the part that gets me is that a lot of people are kind of surprised by that sticker shock. They're like, oh my gosh, I have to pay for delivery because we've been so brainwashed thinking delivery is free, where in reality, all those other delivery apps are just covering it up with commission fees. So you're paying all this extra stuff. The restaurant's not even getting that money. And you think you're getting free delivery, so it's good for you, when in reality, it's terrible for the restaurant. In this case, like, it's it's good juju at this point, man. Like, it's, it's good karma. Like, you are full-on paying the restaurant. You get to pay for the delivery like you're paying for an Uber. Like, I would pay $10 to get my favorite burrito, pizza, whatever, delivered to my door if I can't go do it myself. That's just how it is. But you'll notice that the pricing is... Still, it's going to be very similar, but like I said, that sticker shock initially for the delivery is a little bit kind of mind-blowing for some people. Like They don't really wrap their head around it because a lot of them don't know. And so our job right now is just to educate the consumer. But what's funny is that the news right now is really educating the consumer. Like It's getting out there huge that these delivery apps are not good business. And so when Taken told me about their efforts, I was 100% on board. I have so many friends I could use this. And of course, the first thing I do is tell my friends because I want them to you know, succeed. I want them to thrive. I'm excited to see where it's going. I know that we have a, a taken in Arizona now and in Georgia. It's uh, making its way up to uh, LA. So we're just little, little bits at a time, just trying to get it out there. I'm just, I'm excited to see where it goes. And you know, being part of something that is just starting that's so positive makes me really happy. Yeah, very cool. I know we're just starting to see the effects of Prop 22 in California, and I think the awareness of that and and the awareness that drivers are being shorted, businesses are being shorted, it's going to it's going to make this appeal to a certain subsect of people. There's always going to be people who want just the cheapest price no matter what, but that may not be the right audience. There's going to be plenty of people that are like, "You know what? I want a fair price, but I also want to treat everyone, you know, with a fair reward." What else should I know about you? What what else is there out there about what you're doing or what you'd like people to know or places they can find you online? Anything else that you uh, want to share? Well, um, because I'm still a beer nerd at heart, you can always check out my Instagram, of course, which is Miss Beer Craft. And then I have my business account, which is Jenny Man Photos. And either way, uh, with Miss Beer Craft, I really try hard to push friends, businesses, and uh, local beer and local breweries. It's been my goal from the beginning. And with Jenny Mann Photos, I do work with people from Orange County, LA. I do international and national work as well. Just completed a project. Actually, no, it just got shown. Did a project back in October for Merchant Duven uh, for Valentine's Day. And so it's cool to see some of the work go out full blast into distribution. 
Other than that, you'll find some of my work in some other random places. Like I work with a company called Wildcat Guitars, which is high-end guitars, like, you know, four, ten, twenty thousand dollar guitars that are, you know, master built custom shop. And I feel really fortunate to get to photograph those because they are work like works of art. And uh, just recently got picked up by Taylor Guitars Stella Falone line. So I do recommend people check that out. Stella Falone is Bob Taylor's passion project. So he is taking the wood out of Cameroon that they get for the guitars and they are turning them into uh, cutting boards. So the wood that isn't being used for guitars, they're turning them into kitchenware essentially. And it's absolutely beautiful stuff. Other than that, I'm literally everywhere. You'll see me in Oceanside one day, Chula Vista the same day. So, (laughs) and I wouldn't have it any other way. But if any small businesses need a little help, I do have, that's what I'm here for. So there is no budget I can't work with. And there's always, there's always something that can uh, work out, especially during these times. I do want to see San Diego and the people in our community thrive. So if you have any questions, just give me a call. Well, your, your Instagram, Miss Beercraft, is why I don't take pictures of my own beer anymore. So I'm just letting you know that it was too, it was, it was so much better than my own. I was like, I'm not going to compete with that. I'm just going to take pictures of cactuses and stuff. Well, I I really appreciate you spending a half hour with me and uh, cheers to you. It was really nice to meet you and I hope you have a great night. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. A big cheers to Jenny, but the show is not over. Because she was so passionate about it, I wanted to learn more about Take-In. And as someone who has spent more than one frustrated moment going over the delivery service fees when balancing the books, Take-In sounded pretty interesting to me. I reached out to Take-In CEO Shaheen Javadizadeh and his company VP Ryan Garcia. Here's the bonus interview I did with Shaheen after Jenny and I talked. We talk about the Take-In platform and why it is important to them to offer an alternative to the current delivery services out there. Looks like it is uh, all good to go. How are you doing today, Ryan? Uh, I'm Shaheen. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm my partner. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. Yeah, no problem. I'm doing great, uh, Ryan. Uh, I really appreciate you having uh, me on the program and in your podcast and uh, thinking of taking. So thanks for having us. I was excited to, uh, to have you on. I was talking to Jenny Mann about you and, and she was kind of given me just a little background, but I'm hoping that you could uh, tell me what Take-In is. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. If you ask the consumers, they think of us uh, as a delivery, food delivery platform uh, uh, in the market. But if you really ask our restaurant partners, we're a restaurant marketing uh, company, and that's really kind of what makes us unique. We do restaurant marketing for local businesses and the communities that they serve. And I know everybody says, hey, their business is unique, but we truly are unique. This is why Um, we partner with restaurants to help them with marketing. We give them free print. We give them free advertising. We give them free banners. We give them free photography, free video reels, free social media posts, (laughs) free campaigns, free in-house electronic menus. Um, and, uh, and we also do free online pickup and ordering and delivery for them. And so when you think about uh, all the different services out there, 
there really isn't another organization or company out there that is truly a restaurant uh, partner. Um, we're probably the, some of the best partners that a restaurant could possibly have. And uh, from a consumer standpoint, what that means is because we can partner with restaurants and help them improve their reach, improve their profitability, uh, restaurants uh, can use Taken to provide customers who purchase from them through Taken take the best actual deal, the best actual service, because they're not having to give a percentage of their revenue to a third party to connect with their customers. I know it was a complex answer, Ryan, but at the end of the day, <laughs> to, to consumers, that's okay if we're just another food app. But we're a food sure. app that really, really helps local businesses thrive and local restaurants thrive. Right. I think the big thing that stuck out to me was the difference in fees for the restaurant, which isn't something your normal consumer generally thinks about. They just think, oh, here's a great service. I'm going to buy from my local place. And they don't realize the impact that can have sometimes. I know when I was running a restaurant in, in uh, San Diego, uh, sometimes we would lose money on a delivery order, but we kept it. We kept doing them because we didn't want that customer to think we weren't available to them. It was trying to service them, but we just didn't have a lot of other options at the time. What inspired this business in the first place? Why are, why are you doing this? Well, you know, your story kind of nailed it. To us, food's a big part of any community and that community's identity. I can think of the different places I lived. And when I think about those places, I think about my friends that I met and the food in which we ate. <laughs> and the food really defines community. And if you look at national chains and franchi food franchises, they really dilute and sometimes even erase the identity of communities altogether because they're very vanilla. They're the same by their nature <laughs> uh, across the nation. And so what we were seeing is uh, popular delivery services were really promoting these national chains and franchises over local businesses. And frankly, I was guilty of this myself. You know, I was using some of the big box, you know, delivery apps to, to uh, do business with uh, restaurants that I know, that I like. And uh, when I found out that they were being charged, you know, upwards of 45% commissions and fees combined, it really made me think that, hey, I'm here trying to support my local businesses, uh, make sure that uh, the food in which they're producing is helping bring our community together. And here I am because it's convenient for me. I'm hurting them. And I said, geez, there really needs to be a much better way to do this. I should be able to have the convenience I need, but I should be able to support my local restaurants so that they're around. I don't want our community to be erased by big national chains <laughs> when it comes to food. I want that variety and I want that, uh, that amazing food that people talk about and look forward to visiting when they're hungry or want to spend time with their friends and family. And so that really kind of inspired the, the idea of Taken. And so, you know, we, we look at this and Taken's a small business, right? Just like many small local restaurants. And we're all kind of chasing the American dream. And if you look at the American dream, the U.S. economy is really founded on that notion. And the proof of that is, is that 
of all the businesses in the United States, 30 million of them are small businesses. That's 99.9% of business in the U.S. is a small business. And of those small businesses, there's over a million restaurants that make up those small businesses. And 90% of those are local mom and pop restaurants. They're not national chains. And so um, what we noticed and I noticed is when I would go and do business with some of these uh, bigger food apps, I would go to the places that I knew that I liked. For me, I'd go and order on iron from my Iron Pig barbecue, or I'd order from Dirty Birds Chicken Wings uh, in Pacific Beach. And what I noticed when I went back to those apps, I was being pushed barbecue from national chains that I wouldn't consider barbecue. <laughs> and so here's a, you know, here not only was I hurting the restaurant that I wanted to do business with because I was using this app that was charging them fees for that convenience, they were directing my business away from the people I wanted to do business with. And so you know, we looked at that and said, look, there has to be a better solution. There has to be a more sustainable model for, for restaurants to connect with their consumers and for consumers to be able to conveniently order food from the restaurants that they know and like and learn and explore other local restaurants that they maybe don't know about or haven't tried yet. And so that, that's really what inspired us to invest the, the time and the capital to support local businesses and to support, support uh, local restaurants. I have to ask this now. Did you Google me before this? No, I didn't. I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, I used to run Iron Pig Alehouse in Pacific oh. Beach. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes me happy that that was one of the places that you were looking for, even if it was through the apps. It was. <laughs> so now that the company's is out there, you've launched it and, and uh, it's the app is out. You're doing this right now in a time that's extremely challenging for restaurants in general, and I would assume for restaurant apps, but I wanted to know how this past year of launching this company and trying to get people on board with it and use the app has been during COVID in a time when the idea of ordering for delivery, which was always popular, has you know exploded even further, but there's also been some massive restrictions put on our local restaurants. Absolutely. So, Ryan, our success is predicated on making our restaurant partners successful <laughs> at the end of the day. If they're not open, if they're not serving food, we're, we're not a value to them and we're not going to be successful. And so right now we're in three markets. We're in San Diego, we're in Savannah, Georgia, and we're in Phoenix, Arizona. And each one of those three communities have been impacted differently. San Diego has certainly been the most affected of the three. So Savannah had a really strong following. They had steady support to keep restaurants open. Phoenix was very similar. And San Diego, unfortunately, has really been a roller coaster. So one day they're closed. The next day they're open indoors at 25% capacity, then 50%, then closed again, then looking for outdoor space. And permit exemptions from the city so that they can serve outside and then closed again and then back to reopenings. And so that roller coaster of a ride is, is incredibly stressful for our restaurant partners. And so if you look at small business owners and restaurants making, you know, on average 10% profits on a 
good day, if they're running a really successful restaurant, this has really taken a toll on them. And so um, that's kept taken really busy. Our team's been pivoting, helping restaurants pivot with their campaigns, their communication, their social media. And sometimes it's just our team being there for words of encouragement to the restaurant owners because they get down. <laughs> and, you know, part of our job is to pick them back up and help them and and let them work through it. You know, a lot of restaurant owners are fantastic cooks, but they're not necessarily fantastic marketers. And so, you know, our team's focused on marketing, our team's focused on connecting to communities. And we've been really fortunate to have some some great trust built with our restaurant partners to lean on us for that. You know, these restaurant owners, they have families. They're trying to live the American dream. They've got this stress. And so uh, this time has been incredibly challenging for them and for us, but it's also helped us rise to the occasion. And, you know, it's helped us really hone in on providing outstanding customer service and helping our restaurant partners provide and focus on that outstanding customer service to their patrons, to their customers, the folks that are eating and buying and talking about their food. Now that you have been working for for a while in these three markets and the app is out there, what is coming up for you guys? As we, I mean, I just saw a few minutes ago that uh, they made an announcement they're expecting enough vaccines for everyone by May 1st, which would be a huge change in hopefully how we go about some of our daily lives. What do you guys have in the works? What do you see as the next step for this as we hopefully continue to uh, decrease our COVID you know, exposure and, and come out of this into what a lot of people want to call the, the normal world, but I think will be a very new normal for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the new norm is, but I'm really grateful for all the f- incredible work to get vaccines out and to get us to the point where we can look forward to whatever this new normal is. You know, the things that we've really been focusing in on, yeah, there's really two things that are coming that we've been working really hard at. One is continual improvement around customer experience to enable restaurants and consumers to connect. I'll talk about that in just a second, a little bit more. The second one is restaurant expansion in our core markets. So on the first one, this this idea of connecting customers and, and restaurants together, if you think about all of the other apps out there, they're designed purposefully to be in the middle of the consumer and the restaurant. If there's a problem with your order, you want to make a change, you're typically calling somewhere offshore, 8,000 miles away from your food and from your order and from your house. And so we don't think a call center is the right way to service our customers, to service our uh, our uh, restaurant partners' customers. And I, I don't mean to interrupt too much, but that was one of the biggest issues that we always had from a service perspective is we'd get somebody who ordered through an app, I would get a phone call and they'd be upset with something or they'd want to change something. And I'd have to redirect them back to the app because we don't control those things. Once it goes through that app, we give that up in order to have access to that delivery. That's right. So that was always difficult. I'd be like, well, they're like, but you're the restaurant. I'm like, I know, but because you ordered from this other third party, you know, instead of directly from us, I can't help you as much as I could if we were talking, you know, face to face or over the phone or I'm assuming what you're where, where you're going with this. Absolutely. And Ryan, you know, that's a great point that you make because 
Think of it. That's a customer who called you that has a problem, right? Think about mm-hmm. the customers who have a problem that didn't call you, right? Yep. You may never know about it. You may end up with an unhappy customer, which you're completely unaware of and never had an opportunity to make it right or to bring them back in to the fold. And so what we're focused on are the tools to get out of the way. Taken shouldn't be in the middle. We make it, we make it, we make the, the connection for convenience, but we want to be, be able to allow the restaurants to provide that in-store, in-restaurant experience through the app. So one touch button to message customers that maybe an item's been 86 or is no longer available today. A phone button to call the customer quickly and efficiently so that it's as if they ordered from you and called them that order. And the same thing for the consumer. I know so many times I, you know, I have a family here in San Diego. I a typical, you know, guy I order and and didn't exactly listen to everything my wife told me to order and I forgot something and I already hit send. And so I want to quickly add something. Well, I don't want to have to call 8,000 miles away to add something. And I don't want to call the restaurant who's going to feel unempowered to add that to the order because the order didn't come in directly to them. Right. And so we're trying to fix that inefficiency by allowing consumers to make edits in a certain time if it's still available to be, you know, to meet the timeline, but also allow this communication to go directly from restaurant owner, restaurant worker to the the customer and vice versa. We think that that's critical. We have some great features. We've released some last week. We're releasing some uh, this coming week and next week where we should be completely done. And we think that's going to be a big, big difference. It's a big differentiator. The second thing, Ryan, that we're doing is, you know, when you go to our app or you go to our website, Taken.com, or download it from the App Store or the, the, the Android Store, um, what you'll notice is that we have a very select few of restaurants. There's a couple dozen restaurants in San Diego that are on it. And that was purposeful. We didn't really spend a lot of energy and money and time getting restaurants onto the platform. We got those customers through word of mouth, those restaurant partners through word of mouth and through suggestions from our loyal customers of who they absolutely wanted to be on the platform. And we used it almost like as a beta program or as a test program to make sure that the features that a restaurant needed were in the application for them to best service their customers. And the features that customers wanted that they weren't getting from the other apps were in those um, it w- were also in the product and available and easy to use. And so, you know, we went through a, a year of really heads down, continual pivoting and development to make sure we got it right. And now we're at a point where we're ready to really turn on the network. And we have some great restaurant partners lined up that have been asking to get in to the application to become part of our marketing platform so that we can promote them. And so over the next two months, we're going to start seeing our numbers of restaurant partners double every couple of months, which is going to lead into some you know, exponential growth for us. But we're going to remain focused on quality and service. So we're going to grow as fast as we can provide great service, quality and support to our restaurant partners and consumers. Well, unfortunately, I don't have a restaurant anymore, but you sold me. I'm, I'm in. 
<laughs> if I if I know, I know that there's delivery is not going anywhere. And as a as a person who was on that side of things, you want to give your customers as many opportunities as you can to enjoy your product uh, and your service. And that was always one area that we would go back and forth on. Sometimes we'd have so many problems with an app that we'd say, is it even worth it to keep it? But we we realized that if we would immediately lose people who went on the app and saw that other place and the next time they went out to eat, they might not think of us either because they'd be think of some someone else and often a national chain. But we're, we're running uh, close to the end here. I'd ask you, is there anything else that you really want people to know about Taken? And uh, just if you could say one more time where they can get it and, and use it. Absolutely. So, you know, Ryan, thanks for, for having me on and thanks for thinking of Taken. You know, we are we are here for local food, local communities to help people find local food in their communities that they maybe didn't know about. Um, you could order from Take In by going to the website, which is takein.com, T-A-K-E-I-N.com, or you could download the app on the Apple App Store for iOS or in the Android Store for uh, any Android-capable device. When we say it out loud, Taken, I keep thinking of Liam, Liam Neeson. I can't help it. And if there was some way you could get him to be the face of your business, I think it would just explode immediately. If Liam's out there, we would love we would love for it. We don't have a lot of money for marketing, but if you if you love food, we'll make sure we do connect you to some free meals to some great local restaurants. <laughs> I'm sure Liam Neeson listens to this podcast all the time, so I'm sure he's listening and he'll get in touch. Uh, Shaheen, I really appreciate your time today. I, I'd say cheers to you and your company. Congratulations, and I'm excited to see where you guys go next. Ryan, thanks so much. Take care. You bet. All right. A second big cheers to Jenny for being on the show and connecting me with the guys from Taken. It was great to meet her and get to know the person behind the photos I'm always liking on social media. If you are listening and have some moments of food insecurity or want to help those in the San Diego hospitality community who are, go find the In the Weeds Hospitality Aid for San Diego County group on Facebook and request to join. They are working to provide food and access to services to those in need all over North County. And Shaheen, making moves. Download the Taken app ASAP if you want food delivery that helps, not hurts your favorite local restaurants. Currently available on Android and Apple, you can also go to takein.com to learn more. A lot more restaurants are going to be on the app soon. I hope you enjoyed today's show. That's it for this episode and for this season of the Cheers North County podcast. We're taking the summer off to work on other projects like the Roast West Coast Coffee podcast, so be sure to check that out at www.roastwestcoast.com and also to continue growing this program into something bigger, better, and beyond. I think I ran out of B words there. Thank you for listening and joining me today for another happy hour. I will be back. Until then, don't forget to read the Cheers North County column on thecoastnews.com and to follow at Coast News on Instagram so you can win one of those Casa de Bandini gift cards. If I could win, I would get another fajita and one of their famous margaritas. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider leaving a rating and review, preferably if you've enjoyed the show. It really helps people find a local show like this one, or you can help me spread the word by sharing this podcast on your own social media. And if you do, be sure to tag me at Cheers North County and at Coast News. This episode of the Cheers North County podcast was produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Jordan Ingram is my editor-in-chief. The Coast News associate publisher is Chris Kidd, and the publisher is Jim Kidd. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream. Cheers, everyone.